Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. As we begin today, I want to take you back about 15 years, maybe, 15, 16 years ago. And it's when my son, Nate, my oldest son, was in first grade. And when he was in first grade, we had a decision to make. And it's a decision, if you have young kids, you have to make as well. And that is, where are they going to go to school? And I know that that's a hard choice, as some, some people, uh, well, you know the options are out there, and you weigh which ones are best for your family and which ones you would like to do. And for my wife and I, we were in a church at that time that was similar to Crosswalk. We didn't have a building, uh, definitely didn't have a school or anything like that where we could send them, but we wanted to send them to a Christian school. And we were blessed to have one that was not too far away, uh, six, seven miles away. And so we decided that, that we were going to get our resources and make that a priority and, and have our son go there, which he did. So we had just started at the school, and it was maybe two weeks into the, the whole school year, and we get a note home from the school. And the note said, in an effort to try to keep the, the prices down here, one of the things we try to do is get involvement of our families in order to keep the prices low, stuff like that. Bottom line, what they were looking for, and, and they were, actually they weren't looking for it, they were telling you, you have been scheduled to clean the school, uh, and, and it needs to be cleaned between Friday at 7 o'clock and Saturday at 10 a.m. in the morning. And what it is, is you have, you have been scheduled. That's what it said. You have been scheduled with another family, and this is the weekend that you need to do it and make sure that the, the school is clean on that day. And I remember getting that note and going, are you kidding me? This is, this is at that time, we had four children that were six and under, and my wife was pregnant. If I had a few extra hours on a Friday night, I would have cleaned our own house and then had that. I mean, it was just, you know what that's like with young kids. It was just crazy. And, and so that was the, the first thing I was thinking was, this is, this is not good. Secondly, I'm thinking, Friday night or Saturday morning, it's like our only free time as a family anyways. And so as we're looking at that, we're thinking, oh, great, this is just wonderful. We get to go clean. And then third one was they're assigning you who you're going to clean with. So it's not even someone we knew. It wasn't like a friend or another parent from our kids' class. You just had to show up, and these, these people we had never met were going to be cleaning with us. And all I was thinking is, as much as I am unhappy about this, the only people who were going to be more unhappy was this family who saw us rolling in with four little kids thinking, how are they going to get any cleaning done? These kids are going to be ripping everything apart as we clean. They might as well not be here, which was a possibility. But anyways, anyways, what was interesting then is we, we got there to clean and there was a, a family that was there who was going to clean with us who also had three boys, just like we have three boys, and they had a daughter 
who was the youngest daughter, just like we had Caitlin at that time. And the only difference was their daughter was in eighth grade and our son, oldest son, was in first grade. And they were so happy when they were there to clean. And it's like, why are you so happy? It's like, because this is our last year of cleaning, that our, all our kids are older, we're going to be out of this grade school, and then we won't have to clean anymore. And, but what was interesting, too, is they, they looked and how much our families were alike, except 10, 15 years apart. And as they saw our family, I think part of them saw themselves years before when they were just starting first grade. And they were a great family. The first thing they did, because we had never done it before, they they took us down to the janitor closet and they told us the work that needed to be done. There there were six rooms that needed to be vacuumed. You had to move the desks and then vacuum and then put the desk back. You had to mop the hallway and you had to clean the bathrooms. And they said, we'll clean the bathrooms because that's the worst job. Unless you want to do it, then we'll let you. And and that was super nice of them. And the other thing they did, though, that was just as nice, was they took our boys and said, you know what, we really could use some helpers. We need assistance with us as we do cleaning. Would you come and help us? And I know my kids have watched, watched my wife clean before, but at that time I didn't know they had learned how to clean. And they actually did. They were helpful. They, were done, they did what they were told to do. And it, was just, it turned out to be just a, a really neat experience of a bonding time with that family. And then the, we only had to do it three times during the school year. But the other two times we did, we, we planned in advance. And after we were done, went out for pizza with their family. And just we had this really great relationship with them. And still now, to this day, uh, we remember it, they remember it, and, and just have fond memories of doing it. I think that was one of the first times that I began to understand what a heart of service was. And, and what I didn't realize is, as I'm going, I had such a bad attitude going into it. It was, I, I'm, I'll admit it, it was horrible. And it, I had this, about a heart, I didn't have a heart of service But one of the things I learned on that day is that service and friendship go hand in hand. They do. that. that It it occurred to me that when you're serving with other people and and pulling in the same direction and, and that it's meaningful service, that you get an attachment to one another. And so as, as we look at our, our lesson for today, being a church with a heart, a heart of service, I'm going to assume that, that as you think of service, you might think of it the way that I used to, where it was like something to be avoided at all costs. Uh, I, I don't like the work that needs to be done. I don't like the time that it needs to be done to do it. I am just not interested But I am hoping that as you look into this message, you will see that our God is a God who has a heart of service, and he gives that heart also to us. And as you do it, and as you consider service, there's a a byproduct that you might not have even thought of, and that is friendships that that not only last a short period of time, but can last a lifetime. As we begin then, one of the things that I would like you to do, I, I would like you to put the word friend and then just a dash on your notes. And what I would like you to do 
by the end of this message, I would like you to come up with a definition of the word friend. You don't worry about what I think it is, but I want you to, to have a definition of friend. We are going to be going through a message that talks about friendship and service. And so that, that is the goal, is that you, you have a better understanding of what it means to have a friend and to be a friend to someone else. We start in, in John chapter 15, where Jesus is being a friend. And Jesus is being much more than that. He's being a savior. And it's the day before he was going to die. He's talking to his disciples about how he is the vine, they are the branches. They need to remain in him and remain in his word and be attached to him. Then he says these words, John 15, verses, verse 9, and then 13 to 15. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you, being that Savior with a heart. Now remain in my love. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. These individuals who were with Jesus were known as his disciples. They were known as his followers, even properly understood as his servants. But on this day, this day he went out of his way to use the term friends. You are my friends. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the fill-ins of what exactly Jesus meant by them being friends, what it meant for their lives. And we'll take a moment to look at what each one means. So Jesus' friendship with us is marked by sacrifice. It's marked by sacrifice, sharing, and listening. Sacrifice, sharing, and listening. And as you, you think about that, we'll start with the first one, sacrifice. And I want you to think of it just separate from Jesus for a moment when you think of sacrifice on what your friends do for you and, and what you do for one another. And so if you need help doing something, your friends show up, right? And, and maybe if this the couple times in the past year I've done some moving for people. And, and sh you show up, it was growth group leaders, people from growth groups that are there, people who are their friends. And so when they're in need, they want to help them. And, and so it is with us. You know, we, we have people who help us. And one of the best things to have is a friend who has a special ability. And so if you have a friend who's a plumber or a friend who fixes cars, very nice, Sir Ascon, front row here. Uh, different things like that, that, that you have someone with ability. What's nice about that is when you are in a situation where you need help, you can turn to that friend who has a special gift and they can help you out. And then I'm able to say, hey, if you ever need a baptism, I'm your man. You know, I can help you out. Lord's Supper, come on up, you know, two in one class, we'll have Lord's Supper. We'll be all good to go. And... It's nice to have someone who has a, a special ability and then they're able to share that with you. And now think about that in terms of Christ because as Jesus came into this world and he offered himself as a sacrifice, 
It was for a special need that not only could no other people help you with, but it's one that you couldn't help yourself with as well because of sin. And that's why Jesus not only sacrificed his time and his energy, but his life as well. The sacrifice made on the cross so that you can be sure without a shadow of, of a doubt that you are forgiven and you are a friend of, of Christ and you are a friend of the Father as well because your sin is removed. That is the sacrifice Christ gave to you. The next one is sharing. And, and he says in these words, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. That he is sharing with us the, the things that are the father's. And next to that one, I wrote Facebook. Think about the whole concept of Facebook. When, when you allow someone in and you share with them information about your life, you call that, you friend them, right? You send a, a friend request. And that is, can we share this information and, and know what is going on in each other's lives? And so you see the different posts, so, so you stay up and you stay current with them, what's going on? And God does that as well. And definitely in his word, when we go there, he shares with us what the Father's will is, what the Father's plan is for everyone to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. We have his law and his gospel. He tells us what is wrong, what is wrong with us. He tells us the way to heaven through Jesus. He lets us know that no matter what has happened in the past, that we have something in the future. He lets us know that he wins. He lets us know that, that this world is going to end, but his kingdom is going to endure forever. So much information that our God shares with us. He wants you to know what's going on. And then the final one is listening, that he listens to us. As I was thinking about that before the message, and even before the first service, I don't know if you guys know who Max and Mark are. They're, they're twin little boys who are uh, awesome. <laughs> They're five years old, I think, is what they are. They're like kindergarten age. But anyways, one of them, I always get them confused, came up and he closed his foot in a door and his foot was bleeding and then he had to get a new sock and a band. I listened to him tell the whole story for a couple minutes. And it was interesting because as I was listening, that's exactly what he needed. He, he didn't even care, I don't think, who would have listened because he needed to tell a story about what happened with his foot, and he was really excited about it. And when you think of the concept that God listens to us, on the one hand, you can think, newsflash, there's nothing you're going to tell God he doesn't know, okay? So when he listens, who does he do it for? For his sake or for yours? And he does it for you, so that you can talk to him and, and, and communicate with your God. And he's your friend because that's what friends do. So Jesus' friendship, sacrifice, sharing, and listening. Now, also in a friendship, there's two sides in a friendship, right? John 15, 14, and 16 says, You are my friends if you do what I command. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you may go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. And so we also respond, as, as Christ makes us our, our, our friends, he not only gives us things, but we also then respond to him. In the blanks, you can write, our friendship with Jesus is marked by love, obedience, 
service, and conversation. Love, obedience, service, and conversation. And that is our relationship with God. First of all, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you, and, and so we respond back with, with love. One of the definitions I looked at for a friend is, is that a friend is someone who has a mutual affection, that, that's someone who, who cares about someone and they care about them as well. And so in our friendship that we care, we care about our God. Also that obedience, and, and part of obedience, a big part of obedience is trust. The reason why we obey our God is because we trust him, that he, that he is going to give us what is beneficial to us, not things that are going to hurt us or harm us. Also service, that we serve him, we bear fruit, fruit that is going to last, and he uses that service. We're going to see this on the second page, ways that we serve and what a blessing it is to us. And finally, conversation, that we're able to go to the Lord in prayer. Think about that. It, every once in a while when I, when I go through these messages, I'm reminded that we have access to God 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's crazy. Who else do you have that kind of access to? As you think of times when you're frustrated, where you call in maybe to get uh, some type of help with a computer or phone or banking or whatever it is, and you're told, you know, hi, it's a high volume of calls right now. You're going to have to wait or call back later. Don't have time for you. But God does, because he's your friend. All right, now where does that lead us? 1 Peter 2, 2 and 3. Like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation, now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. We're getting to a point with these passages, just so you know, if you are someone who has gone through 101 recently, these passages are going to sound very familiar because what we are going through is, is really 101. This is basic stuff, you guys. Basic stuff about what Christianity is. And in this specifically, to understand what, what God is looking for in our relationship as we go to his word and as we have these conversations, we grow in appreciation for what he has done as he served us, that he wants us to grow up. And one of the ways that I describe maturity is that you are able to think about someone else besides yourself. That's, that's my definition of, of maturity. So if you have a baby and they're hungry and they have a poopy diaper, they, they're screaming, ah, you know, they're crying, and you say to them, you know, I, I've witnessed this, I've even done this, okay, just be quiet, I have to get this out of the oven and then I'll come and do it. And they don't go, oh, okay, I'll wait. No, because they don't think about anyone else besides themselves. They don't care about the pizza, they don't care about the oven. All they care about is their hunger and, and their mess. And they want you to clean it and they want you to do it now. Whereas maturity allows us to consider that there are other people here besides me. And so as I look around that, something that might be inconvenient or, or something that needs to be done, not just for me, but I, I consider other people and, and their needs ahead of mine. In the blank, you can write, Jesus takes us from a serve us mentality to a service mentality. 
It's important for us to understand this in the context of what Pastor Jeff preached about last week. Because he was talking about guests and a heart of hospitality. And if you are a guest here today, we, we are so thankful to have you with us. And, and we want you to feel welcome. And that is why we have the cafe. We have people greeting. We have a gift for you for first-time guests at the Resource Center. And, and it's, it's great to have you. But, or and I should say, what we would really like to have one day is for you to be our friend. And as you look at that path of friendship and, and where a friendship comes, friendships are not one-sided. Someone that you are always doing something for again and again and again and again, and, and they do nothing back, that that kind of wears thin after a while, doesn't it? And you say, truly, a friendship is formed when, when there is that mutual sharing back and forth. That's what a friend is. And so as we invite you and encourage you to be in a friendship relation with us, it's part of growing in the faith and it's growing in your relationship with, with Christ to say, this is great to be here and to be fed. And now how can I help? How can I think about someone else in here besides just me? And that's growing up in the faith. What I would like to do as we turn the page is I'm going to show a little video clip. And this video clip is a political clip. I'm just going to tell you that right away. So don't be thinking whatever party you're in. I don't want you thinking about that. But what I do want you thinking about is there's going to be a line in here that you're going to recognize, I hope. And that at the end of this speech, it's almost going to sound like a sermon. And, and when it does, the clip's about a, a minute, minute and a half long. Those are the words we're going to, to focus on, is changing our mindset in the way that we think about being, serving and being served. And we'll watch right now. I do not believe that any of us would exchange places with any other people or any other generation. The energy the faith, the devotion, which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it. And the glow from that fire can truly light the world. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. My fellow citizens of the world, ask not what America will do for you, but what together we can do for the freedom of man. Finally, whether you are citizens of America or citizens of the world, ask of us here the same high standards of strength and sacrifice, which we ask of you. With a good conscience, our only sure reward, with history the final judge of our deeds, let us go forth to lead the land we love, asking his blessing and his help, but knowing that here on earth, God's work must truly be our own. 
That is an example from history of going from a serve us mentality to a service mentality. What's interesting about his words was, was that the question he came up to is why? Why are people going to change their attitudes like that? And what he came up with as the why is so that you can sleep at night, <laughs> clear conscience. Uh, secondly, he said, as history looks at us, that they will look at us in a kind way and applaud what we do. But the last one is crazy. It really is. When you think of it, that was 1961, so 54 years ago. And this is what he said. Let us go forth to lead the land we love, asking his blessing and his help, but knowing that here on earth, God's work must be, truly be our own. I don't know if that could be in an inaugural address today, or maybe even if it should, but it absolutely should be said at Crosswalk. Because the work that we do here and the service that we are allowed to be part of is not our own. It's God's. And it's God's work. And what is that work that's so important that needs to be done here? The sharing of the good news of Jesus Christ. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. That is the work that is God's work that is ours to be done. And so we, we share vision with you of of being a church for the unchurched. That's another way that we say it. We, we talk about our mission of, through word and sacrament, to be fully developed followers of Christ. We, we leave our values up on the side as you walk out where it says crosswalk. Look at it today. Please look at it. Those are our values. Starting with being a, a caring community of believers. Real Bible teaching, outreach, strong in grace, strong in truth. Look at them as you walk by. This very important work which you have the privilege of being part of. In the blank, I, I don't know, I wrote the blank in on Thursday and I wish I could have changed it before today. But, but I'll tell you what I had. My, so my fellow Christians, ask not what my church can do for me, but what can I do for my church? <sighs> I'm still not comfortable with that. Maybe, maybe it's ask not what my friends can do for me, but what I can do for my friends. But the point of it is, is that God changes me from a serve me mentality to a service mentality, from serve us to service. Now, why is this going to happen? Even more, let's continue. Why, why this service is so important and, and what motivates us? 2 Corinthians 8. And now, my brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectation. They gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord, and then by the will of God, also to us. See, when Paul did his ministry, he, I think you understand this, that, that even today, if you ask people why they don't like church or, or have them fill out this, all the church cares about is my blank, that it's usually money, that that's, they're always looking for money, they're all, always asking for that. And so Paul said, you know what, let's keep that out of the equation. I'm going to come, I'll make tents and I'll make a living doing that and I'm gonna share with you the gospel 
forget the offering and everything like that. I'm just going to come and preach to you so I can't be accused of just thinking about money. And after a while, as they heard that gospel and they heard about Christ's service, they went back to Paul and said, Paul, you're cheating us. You're cheating us by not giving us an opportunity to give our money to God and to help other people. Yeah, when's the last time you heard that? Pastor, we didn't take the offering today. And everyone gives you the dirty look. Oh, yeah, I guess we'll do that. But it was, they looked at it as this privilege that we want to help them. And for them, it's, they didn't have a lot. They, they were in extreme poverty, but they gave what they had. They gave their prayers. They, gave what, they shared what they did have, and they trusted the Lord to bless. And that we begin to look at service in the same way. In the blank, you can write, our service to God and others is not a have to. It's not a have to. It is a get to. It is a gift of God's grace. So we're not being forced, but because of God's grace overflowing into our lives as we see his mercy in our lives and what it means for us, that then we respond. What a privilege that God gives us to share in his work. And we go to the next passage, Ephesians 2 verse 10. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Literally, we're God's handiwork. We are handmade by God. And when you think about it, just standing up here, looking at from this direction, as opposed to you looking at me, I'm able to see people here, and it's just amazing how every person is different. Every person, every person that comes in here with different gifts and ability, and you were all specifically made by God to be just the way you are. And then what he did is he made a job for you to do so that, 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 that it's like a, a key with a lock, that that key is made just for that lock and it opens that door. And in the same way, when you think of the way that God has made you, he's made you to do ministry, a specific ministry that he prepared way before you were even around because he knew who you were and and knows that it's part of, of our relationship with him to want to serve back as a way that we say thank you. In the blank, words that you've heard before, God uses work to get people done. God uses work to get people done. And God uses people to get work done. All of this rem- reminds me of a story. This, I used to have to walk my dog every day. Back when I lived in Wisconsin, he was a, a lab. And he wanted to walk every day. 70 degrees, wanted to walk. 30 degrees, wanted to walk. Zero, wanted to walk. 20 degrees below zero, wanted to walk. He didn't care. It, it, it was, he was like oblivious to temperature, and he always wanted to walk at 6 a.m. That's the way it always was. And I, I just remember I was getting to a point where I was sick of walking him, but I got up anyways because it was good for him. It was good for me too. And I went to, happened to go visit a guy who was in hospice. He was dying. And his name was Dave Roloff. Just a great guy. 
Uh, he was in World War II. He was one of the first U.S. troops inside Auschwitz. He had stories. Oh, my goodness, did he have stories about World War II. But anyways, Dave had also worked in uh, some type of mill work and, and things like that, and it had just destroyed his lungs. And so everywhere he went, as he was frail and, and just dying, he always had to have his oxygen tube and wherever he went in the house or, or his hose to make sure that he could breathe. And I remember asking him one day, Dave, if you could have anything you wanted, one last thing before you died, what would it be? And he said, I wish I could go out on a 20-degree day and take a deep breath and just let the oxygen come in one last time because I haven't been able to do that for years. And it just made me realize that what he wanted is something I got every day. Every day when I walked the dog and I would go out and I'd be complaining because it's cold out and I'd still take that deep breath of air and feel the, the cold and, and just kind of embrace it is, is what he wanted last time. And how it went from me, it was a have to, to, to him, it, it was a get to. And it and made me realize that what was going on, it changed the way I looked at walks. From that moment on, every time I took a deep breath on a cold day, I thought of him, even after he died, I still do today. It's been 10 years. And it also made me realize that going to visit him and, and coming closer to him as he was looking back at his life and sharing with me his life and what was meaningful, and as he looked forward to his death and ultimately being with the Savior, that going to visit him got me done. And it helps me as a pastor keep perspective and why I like to go visit people uh, who are, are close to death and one of the blessings of our ministry and my ministry as well. Because when I do ministry, God gets me done. Always. How about you? Are you getting done through, this, through the service? Has it changed you? What are you doing? And, and, and I'm telling you, there is ministry like that that's being done. And, and we can talk about the uh, mission to the children and taking things down there and how the people there grow an appreciation for what is done and, and just the, of what those kids go through and, and the joy of taking the gospel. For goodness sakes, you don't want to go there? Come to Saturday Night Resilient Ministry. <laughs> Last night was great. Yeah, it's, it always is. But, but when you get there and have the opportunity that your service might just be listening to a brother or sister in Christ share a difficulty that they're going through and have someone listen to them. It, it's happening right now in Crosswalk Kids where God is not only getting work done through teachers, but he's getting teachers done as well as they share the good news of Jesus Christ. It happens in growth groups. It happens in setup teams. It happens all over the place because ministry service, and friendship go hand in hand. And it's God's friendship of us and his love that he shows in us and through us. And he made you to do something. And when you are made to do that and don't do it, you are missing something. You are missing something that he created for you specifically to do. Let the work as you do that, the gospel in your heart, continue to get you done as you share it. And also, the, the joy of seeing work being done. And finally, finally, Psalm 119, verse 63. I am a friend to all who fear you, all to all who follow your precepts. 
I'm a friend to all who fear you. You know what, everybody here today, just telling you, you're my friend. You are my friend because I'm a friend to all who fear the Lord, to all who know the Lord. Hopefully a friend to everyone else as well, but, but definitely to you. We are friends and to enjoy this friendship as we serve together. In the blank, you can write, friendship blooms when Christians join in service. Friendship blooms when Christians join in service. And really where I, I need you to, to, to end today is underneath in the memory verse, rem, rem, remembering we are God's handiwork, workmanship, creating Christ to do good works. Remember who you are. You are handmade by God uh, who knows you, who loves you, who has forgiven you. Uh, he's made you to be a certain way and he's given you the gas of the gospel to get that machine going, that good work machine inside of you to serve him. And then the bottom line, and this is important, Service is an essential part of my maturity and growth in my faith. It, it is. I will take a next step of finding a place to serve at Crosswalk. And you know what I'm going to do as much as I don't want to, I thought about this a little more, and the more I also realized it might not be a Crosswalk, just saying. That as you look at that, I don't want to make it sound like, you know, unless you're doing it at Crosswalk, it's not something good and it's not something the Lord blesses. No. We're, I think we've talked enough about being Crosswalk, South Levine, Phoenix, those concentric circles throughout the world. Maybe the plan God has for you is much bigger, much bigger than just here. Maybe it is, maybe you are the one who's going to change the world. Uh, as you take the gospel wherever it is you go. I don't want to limit anyone here. But I do want you to be thinking, especially today, especially today, to take the next step. If you are not serving, you are missing something. If you are not serving, someone else is missing something as well. And that is the service that God has made you to do. And as you go from here today, find out what it is that God has made you to do and do it. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you that you are a God with a heart and you have a heart of, uh, of service and you have served us, you've forgiven us. We just remember again and again as we look at your life, constant service and, and constant showing of love. And Lord, you are a true friend. You let us show love and service back to you and to others as well. Thank you for the opportunity to, to perform Christian service and to show love to you and others in our lives. Help us now to see the things we get to do, man. It's just so many things, so many things to do. Uh, we are not limited. To, it's, it's as different as the way you've made us, Lord. So help us find ways to be that, that handiwork that you made us to be and, and to do the works which you have prepared for us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. At the start of the message, I asked you to write the word friend and then put a dash and then come up with a meaning for it. And just going to tell you in growth groups, this, 
that's going to be the first question, is what is your definition of a friend? And as I've gone through this message, I, I, I think my definition, my working definition is someone who shares a heart of service with me. And, and that's what we do, uh, that we, we serve together, that we uh, serve the Lord together with the work that he's given us to do. So you are my friends, and, and let's, let's share this heart of service here at Crosswalk and throughout the world. And as you go, go with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. We'll see you on the patio.